Hello and welcome to Another Look, a podcast about anything and everything that we feel deserves another look. Love it, hate it, or somewhere in between. Today we are talking about the Netflix series, The Witcher. I am your host, Gabby McKinley, and joining me, my original co-host, Russell Andrade. Welcome back, sir. It's been a while. How you doing? I've been good. Yeah, it definitely has been a while. It um, it's funny moving to a different state and you know becoming a father and such. It uh, you know things that I've done before feel like a, a lifetime ago, even if it's only been like uh, like a year or so. <laughs> Having a kid and getting married will do that to you. Yeah, it absolutely will. You know, uh, we've definitely been through a lot of having a child, buying a house, moving states, changing jobs, uh, all sorts of things. Yep, and also, you know, I mean, we're older, so we perceive time now as it going by faster, you know, so we're just like, where does the time go? So uh, we're talking about The Witcher here. Um, this is a, this is definitely a, a passion of yours. You've been tra- You've been on The Witcher train for a minute, and you've been trying to get me to play the game for a long time. And this show, not based on the game, but actually based on the books that the game is based on, which I think is actually a smart way to go. It's definitely a way to capture what the what the story and characters are about without having to be beholden to uh, all the trappings of a game because a game and something that's on television or in a movie are are they're different mediums and a lot of things don't necessarily translate as well. So. Uh, Russell, just initial thoughts of the show without giving away your your end uh, your end rating. Uh, what were your initial thoughts going into the show? You know, it was a little interesting because uh, being a big fan, particularly of the game series, I uh, I was a little hesitant on the show because you know you're a fan of something, you always want it to be really good. Uh, you know, beforehand we didn't know how Robert Downey Jr. was going to be as Iron Man, and then he crushed it. And the same with a lot of people that have done Batman and other characters. And so, same with The Witcher. It's like, you just don't know how it's going to be until it gets there. And I'll say I was pleasantly surprised. And definitely surprised because we're also coming off Game of Thrones, which had all of the money thrown at Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, when, you, when you've when seen some of the best quality of something, and then you see something else in the same ballpark, if, you, you know, if you've gotten used to being gouged with the best gourmet food, it's hard to step down from that. And so with a show with a significantly smaller budget, it's like, oh, man, how's this going to compare to, you know, like Game of Thrones? And surprisingly, I thought they did really well. Um, I was a little hesitant at first, but the more I watched the show, the more I really enjoyed it. And in fact, I will say I feel like this show in particular has a really good rewatch for the first season. Oh, definitely with it. uh with this non-chronological storytelling, for sure. And it doesn't even let you know that it's telling the story out of order up front. You just have to pay attention, so... <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to talk about characters first, uh, plot and story, and then uh, we'll kind of, you know, go into just moments uh, and, 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 and individual episodes uh, later on. But uh, from the start, we got our boy Henry Cavill as a Geralt of Rivia, who... Uh, apparently Henry was a huge, uh, huge fan of the uh, of the game. Uh, he's actually apparently a big gamer. Uh, apparently he's also like apparently he's been playing World of Warcraft for a long time. <laughs> yeah, he actually almost missed being cast as Superman, uh, based because he was uh, too busy to call back playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember hearing that story. <laughs> 
uh great but uh yeah but he's actually been uh like like from the beginning he's been like i want to like uh, like the moment that he heard that they were doing something witch related he's just like put my name in the running i'll do whatever it takes and they're just like all right i mean it's just i mean we don't even have a showrunner yet or any ideas or scripts but sure and he's been with it and he's and, and this is even though he's not the showrunner the showrunner is this uh is this person named uh lauren schmidt uh Hisrick who I think did a good job uh, show writing. Like, you can definitely tell this was a passion project for him, for sure. And I th- and I think he did a good job uh, playing the character. Uh, you have experienced the character on in more than one medium, that being the show and the game. So uh, what are your thoughts on his performance? I, you know, I think Gerald of Rivia is actually a really tough character to nail down. Um, he's actually just as tough, in my opinion, as the Punisher character that, um, oh, I'm forgetting his name at the moment. Frank Castle? Uh, no, no, the, the actor that played him. Oh, John, um, oh, John Bernthal. Yeah, John Bernthal. I, I think uh, the Punisher and the Witcher are both extremely tough characters to play based on... They're, they're, they're characters that are not very social. Uh, they're characters that their strengths are they're being badasses. And then other characters around them that are a lot more lively that make them more interesting. And so, basically, like the Punisher and Geralt of Rivia... They're like the straw man. They're very straight in their nature, and what makes them pop out is the characters they run into and are forced to interact with. And so, to be a witcher, they really strip out all of your emotion, and they make you kind of like, uh, kind of like in Star Trek, like Spock, where you you're just driven by pure logic. And I think Henry Cavill nailed this character, absolutely nailed this character, and knocked it out of the park. And with a character that I thought would be very tough to portray in that mundane kind of way that he is, and I thought he 100% knocked it out of the part. I was uh, extremely impressed. Um, for as famous as Henry Cavill is, like he got really lost in that character, and I've been uh, uh, very impressed with his performance of the character. Uh, yeah, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was. Uh, he's pretty darn good. It's definitely hard playing a very stoic character but kind of you know giving him a lot to do i mean they got to pair him up with certain characters uh, throughout the show in order to have someone for him to bounce off of because otherwise it would be uh very much a man with no name type western where you know it's just a guy of very few words but you know but he solves all problems with uh with action generally and uh i think it captures that uh they also, uh, you mentioned that uh, with, with the character of the Witcher and, and the Witchers in general, how they kind of have the, you know, the emotion script out of them and and basically they kind of run on logic. And I like the idea that they talk, that they they hint very little to what it takes to become a Witcher, um, but they also talk about uh, the whole thing of them not being able to feel as... It's a thing that everyone believes witchers can't really feel emotion, and I like that he's just like, that's what you think? Uh, all right. And he doesn't really, like, disprove them by saying that that's not true, but he, but he definitely hints that uh, he definitely can feel. It definitely just doesn't come out in a normal way because he and, you know, the people that and the people that become witchers uh, aren't normal. <laughs> so, and very few actually apparently survive the... Uh, the trials to become a witcher for sure so i i, I find that i find that very interesting another character i thought i thought was great and pretty much like the other star of the show really is uh is yennefer played by uh anya uh Sha- shalotra i believe her name is 
But uh, I, I think she was uh, fantastic as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on her, being that you know her from both the game and this? I, I thought she portrayed Yennefer really well. And that's a very high praise and high compliment. And it's actually interesting because she's a character that I really like performance. And I thought she, I thought the, I think the character is very interesting and very important, but it is a character I personally do not like. It's a character that I feel is very selfish. And that's actually something I really like as her as a quality. Like it's something I don't really see in characters all that often. And so I thought her performance of Yennefer was actually done really well. This beautiful, enchanted, very highly intelligent character who many people are infatuated with. And I thought she carried that that uh, gravitas really well, where she's like this very powerful, very smart, very charming character. And you can see when people give up kingdoms and everything else to be with her, and that she's perpetually bored and is always chasing something. There's something her character is actually chasing a lot throughout the season as time goes on. You know, at different times in her life, at first she wants to become powerful. Then she becomes powerful. And then there's other things that she wants. And so her character is always chasing something. And uh, like I said, personally, I feel like her character is very selfish. And that's actually a trait I really like about her. We always have this uh, this kind of lie that every character needs to be likable, and and you even mentioned that you don't like this character, but you find her interesting and well written, and I think that they're able to accomplish that uh, quite well. She definitely does that thing where she sacrifices something she thinks she doesn't want at one point, only to want it later, and have people be like, "Hey, well, tough titties. That's you know, you gave it up. You, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too." And she's just like, "Well." Fuck that! I'm. <laughs> I will have both. It's weird because you're kind of not necessarily rooting for her, but you definitely want to see where her story ends up. And I uh, and I find that to be uh, an interesting challenge in terms of writing a character. And it's a very unique um, motivation for. Her. I'm actually surprised that people online were not tearing into her character's personal motivations, given our general world climate. So I'm happy that people are like, okay, that's a fair motivation. What she wants, so. I'm glad the critics and stuff have not torn her up, her character up over that. Unlike you, I haven't listened to like what the critics say. I, I watched the show, enjoyed it, uh, and I think maybe I I saw I saw like a little brief review of it from somewhere, but I, I can't recall where I saw it from. I I know that it was a positive review, but I haven't heard all of the quote unquote outrage or things that will piss anyone off, uh, given any piece of pop culture. But yeah, I, I think she's a great character. Uh, another character I wanted to talk about is uh is is the bard who i thought would get on my nerves really quickly but uh i quickly warmed up to him yeah you're talking of yaskir uh i I love yaskir immediately um i'm a big fan of here he's actually um is also nicknamed or known as in the video games as dandelion so if you were ever to play the video games his character would actually be dandelion but in the books it's yaskir okay I, I love his character because just like Yennefer, where Yennefer, I feel, is, has her own selfish nature, he plays like the uh, the old-timey, you know, um, almost I, I almost want to say swindler. It's not quite a swindler, but showman. He's like the ultimate showman back in the day. He's like the better call Saul, grab your attention kind of person back in the day. These bards that seeing these larger-than-life tales... And, you know, they get off on their looks, their talents, their music talent. And then, like, they run around. Like, 
they live life to be merry and try to make like like they, they want to be big pop stars essentially back in the day yeah. and uh i i absolutely love it and there's actually a couple of moments where he's traveling with um with uh Geralt with the Witcher and he he starts singing songs about their adventures like that immediately just happened and he's putting a whole bunch of baz and pizzazz on it and then the like Geralt like halfway through is like wait a minute that's not how that situation happened right and the kind of looks at him he's like that's not how songs get sold <laughs> exactly and that and you know even like you know, thinking back to that, you know, thinking back to that now, that's true now in you know, you know, now in the pop pop music industry, right? You're just like, well, you know, like add some add some razzle dazzle to it, you know, some flourishes. Maybe it didn't happen exactly that way, but you got to give a little something, something to the kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like how many uh, how many artists have been called out for not being uh, the things they represent? Like when people sing about growing up in the hood and they're like what are you talking about you have like your parents together you lived a very wealthy life and like people have like called them out on it uh similar Geralt has actually called out this bard on singing stuff that he he, he did not do so it's pretty great yeah uh one thing i, w- I want to mention uh going back to Geralt real quick that i like is he's also incredibly truthful like e- like even when it makes like even when it makes him not look good which i really like like there's a moment where they're talking about how he uh, he did something and he and he was victorious and he was like, oh no, I got my ass kicked there, and that's just yeah, the way it is. <laughs> to the second episode when he fought like the the goat guy, yeah, and the and the elves were escaping from the edge of the world. Uh, Yaskir made it sound like through sword and blood the Witcher scared him off. In reality, the elves let him go out of mercy. Yeah. And then I remember, I love that moment, because Yaskier's like, they're like, hey, wait a minute, that's not how the song goes. And then, like, Yaskier gives him a desperate look. He's like, yeah, girl, that's not how the song goes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that stuff is uh, is, is quite good. Uh, besides the three characters that uh, we've talked about so far, are there any other standouts for you? Standouts? Um, there was a character that was in the very first episode. I'm forgetting her name. But it was the princess character that Geralt interacted with that he was trying to stop from killing a wizard. Right. Um, I really liked her character as well. I'm forgetting the name of the character off the top of my head, but I really enjoyed her. And then there's another older character, an older gentleman that they ran into during a big famous hunt. Like they had a, a hunting party, multiple hunting parties. Oh, the dragon there's, episode? Yeah, there's an older gentleman that had two uh, bodyguards with two female bodyguards who were both like really awesome too they were like um it reminded me of the character from the walking dead um oh my goodness oh michonne but yeah michonne uh there's like a character that had like two michonne type women with him and it was fantastic so yeah there's a couple of characters that we just run into that i thought were awesome there's also a character that was a doppelganger that I thought was really cool that we saw for like two to three episodes oh yeah he was really cool he actually reminded me of the uh of the shapeshifters from Supernatural. <laughs> yeah, they actually changed the elements, mixed them up a little bit from the show versus the books, which I thought was really cool. And then um, there's also like these Amazon uh, elf, elven women that we ran into that I also thought were pretty cool. So when it comes to set pieces and particularly the look of a lot of characters, they, they ran into a lot of very interesting characters that I really enjoyed. 
And uh, I think uh, one of the one of the things that this show does quite well is uh, is v- is very well paced world building. Uh, I don't think they give uh, like every character, like every little element they give, doesn't uh, overstay its welcome. It's just there long enough for you to wonder more about it, and then they kind of just leave it, which I think is great because it makes it makes everything feel bigger because you know it, it's very much uh, the iceberg. Uh, you know, like a uh, type, like type ideal of like everything is, you know, like the, the majority of what you see is uh, is not what you see. It's under the surface, and it kind of it gives this grander idea of what the world could potentially be, but you just don't see it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's a one where it makes you ask questions. Like if you imagine when people first saw saw Star Wars back in the seventies when it all first came out. No one knew exactly what the Jedi were, what the Sith were. They had no idea that Death Star, Death Destroyers, you know, these are just things that were thrown out a couple of times, and then it took years and rewatching for people to understand what this universe was. You know, like, back in when that stuff was brand new and no one had a clue, that's the same thing with this Witcher. You know, is the more exposure people get to it, the more they'll, they'll come to be like, okay, what's this world, and what's this thing, and what's that thing? Um, very similar to even like the comic book world, you know, no one knew, not too many people knew who the Avengers were and what they represented and who Nick Fury was. And now most of these have become household names. So oh. I really like too, of being a part of something in the beginning. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. Uh, with that, let's hop over to, uh, let's hop over to plot. What was your thoughts on them telling uh, stuff just kind of out of order, kind of different timelines happening, and them just kind of ho- hoping that you're smart enough to realize that uh, these are different timelines and they will come together at some point, but for right now, pay attention. I, uh, generally, I really liked it. I liked it wasn't just one major storyline going on at once. These were very significant moments that have happened in multiple different characters' points uh, in their life. You know, like the, the the story of things that have happened to Geralt in multiple different settings. Um, in fact, if you go back to the first episode, he tried to protect a princess and tried to pre- prevent her from killing a wizard. And then a couple episodes later, years later, he tries to protect a different princess who was cursed as a monster. And there was a chance that he could fail. Yeah. And so there was like two parallel stories. Like he remembers years ago, he tried to save a princess and then he runs into another princess and he's like, I've tried to help princesses before, but I'm always going to try. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I really like storytelling wise. I don't like just straight up linear storyline. You know, it's for me, life will always continue no matter who dies or who lives or what happens to these characters. That's one thing I really like about the show is it feels like all of these characters are living their lives doing different things, and we're just seeing little snippets of that. And then towards the end of the show is when a lot of them started to really interconnect. You know, like when I think of the life of myself, I've lived plenty of things in my life before I met you, Jeremy. And now my life and your life are intertwined, are interconnected, and we have stories together. But there have been stories that have happened to me, and there have been stories that have happened to you. And I feel like that's what this show did really well. It showed us multiple stories that have gone on. Yeah, and it it, it does 
like in a way uh, a lot of shorthand and, and when I mean shorthand I mean not like the slow burn let's see how it happened from you know by moment by moment how they got there but just uh, not even snippets but you mentioned the whole like how he how he failed with that first princess and then uh was hell-bent on trying to save that second one and I remember him mentioning that that second princess when he's trying or that first princess when he's trying to save the second one and I've at that point in time, I didn't realize how uh, how big the time gaps were between each episode. That, that's actually one thing I will say was a negative on the show, is they did not do showing time all that well. That, that would be one of my few negatives I'll bring up. But yeah, I, I think uh, in terms of like the way it's told, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it took it, it, thank God I actually had somebody tell me that it was out of it was out of order. But I was like probably three episodes in, so by that point I was paying attention and I was like, oh okay, and thank God because I would have. <laughs> there's only like three characters that really show you that time has gone on, and that's the queen, Mousekeep, the uh, like the wizard guy. And then um, her her uh, her husband, because you see them when they were younger, and then when they're older, and they start to have white hair. Yeah. But it's extremely hard to notice because witchers age slower, and so do mages. And so there's a lot of characters around us we didn't see um, age in a significant way to tell what was going on. Um, I was even surprised, even with the character Yaskier, that they didn't give Yaskier like a beard or something when he ran into, you know, Geralt again. He's like, "Oh, what's it been? Weeks, months, years?" Which I actually thought was a really bad line. I didn't, I didn't like that moment. When they did that. <laughs> a little too obvious, huh? Yeah, I mean, like that was them really trying to be open to the audience of like, "Look, we don't know how long it's been. It's been forever." And I'm like, uh, Which... I, didn't, I didn't like that just because they knew exactly what they're doing. Um, but again, there's two characters, uh, Geralt and Yennefer, who are not going to show aging all that much. And so I think what would would have helped is if we would have seen Geralt with a, like a light beard or something to show more significance of time. However, I will give a plus to the fact that this show does not hold your hand when it comes to things like magic, which I, I absolutely loved. Outside of like one episode where they kind of explain the rules where you can't do magic without taking energy from something else or or the life energy of something else in order to make something happen. I like the idea that characters just use magic and it's not really explained. <laughs> he uses it a bunch when he's fighting that uh that cursed princess and I thought uh, that was actually a wonderfully very tense brutal and and great very horror action scene of him fighting to save this monster that is doing everything everything in its power to kill him. Yeah, uh, which, by the way, killed another witcher before he attempted it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And and the presence of that other witcher just kind of being there, at, at, like, at all makes uh makes the world feel bigger, just like uh, in Supernatural. When it, it wasn't even until, like, season, like, two or three of Supernatural that you got to see other hunters. And, and, the, and, it, made, and it made the world feel a little bigger, right? Right, right. And it was, uh, it was nice to see that, too. Uh, you know, Geralt having to like grab his like I guess he has like this all witchers wear these kind of chains or necklaces, and he grabbed that almost like it felt almost like a soldier's a soldier's dog tag, right? Yeah, it's kind of like their their emblem, their cross in a sense, something that's very important to them. Yeah, and I and I uh, I, I thought that was good. Uh, they do the politics uh, quite well. 
in in terms of like how how, uh, how things are going, where there's just a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of stuff not happening because of egos and whatnot and racism. It, it's all smart and character driven, and uh, I don't really feel any agenda despite some of the subject matter. If you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, another thing they do really well is they show us really interesting, powerful characters that are not the most powerful. You know, this is not like Super Saiyans of like, who's the most powerful? Every one of these characters are very killable, and I really like that. You know, like Geralt's character, he almost died in the second episode based on a goat guy. Um, He almost died by the guards, you know, that surrounded him in a trap. He almost died by beast monsters towards the end of the season. Oh, yeah, those undead things, right? Yeah, those undead things, which are really cool to fight, by the way. Oh, yeah, those um, things look really creepy, and, too. And even Yennefer actually had a really cool battle with another mage that was hunting her and a, a woman who had a baby. Like, oh. that's something that she was hired, like, she was to protect. Like, there was a really cool uh, fight scene between her and another very powerful mage who was an assassin trying to kill her and, uh, you know, this, this woman and her daughter, or their, their, her child. Oh, yeah, that chase reminded me of that movie Jumper a lot, yeah, where they were just like, hopping from place to place. Yeah, that, that whole scene was just fantastic. And the fact that her character was ambushed, surprised, and outgunned, it, I, I kind of like the idea that if she was prepared, it would might, maybe have been a pretty good battle. Yeah. I like the fact that someone got the jump on her, and she was just at her wit's end, and she was in a very desperate scenario. And she kept world jumping, because that's like that's how you would protect your client, is yeah. to take him somewhere else. And then she realized like they're being trapped. Yeah, and he can do it, but too. <laughs> her character was exhausted. And uh, I just, I, I thought they did that really well in the show, to show that characters can be powerful, but they're not unstoppable. Yeah, and, and, and that episode also really does... Um... And in a very unspoiler way, uh, the way because she's because she, she's protecting like a girl and her kid, and that kind of is a catalyst for kind of what her character wants for the rest of the season, given what happened to the in that episode. And I thought that was uh, that was very well done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in terms of uh, and let's just talk about a bit of the action. I thought the action in the show was pretty darn good. Uh, there's not a lot of it, but when it's there, it feels very it feels very purposeful and and uh and very plot driven so it matters uh, i like that the first time we see Geralt, he's fighting a monster and it's just very nonchalant <laughs> and i and uh which is really cool and then of course that uh that great uh sword fight at the end of episode one where he takes on all those guys and it's it's not one sh- it's not one shot but it's made to look like it's one shot and it's very well uh choreographed and it's uh it's pretty darn cool oh yeah yeah that that first episode uh, was just a great introduction to the character of the world and and yeah that like that whole moment was great that action um the action sequence of yennefer when she was dealing with the gin was actually pretty awesome when like they're in the room and the room is just shaking and the room is all messed up when the witcher met yennefer was a great episode too when she was making everyone in the room doing what they were doing uh, like that was great oh yeah it was like eyes wide shut yeah <laughs>
for the end of episode one, and also when he fought the the cursed princess, and even when Yennefer is being chased by the other mage, like we actually saw some pretty sweet, like lengthy scenes that I thought were felt very reminiscent of what they did a lot on Game of Thrones too. Is when they did a big battle, we saw a big battle. So oh yeah, especially that one at the end, which I thought probably in terms of like uh, battles, I don't think I've ever seen like a like a great wizard battle like that where wizards are doing really cool and interesting things with their powers. I thought that was pretty awesome. You know what's funny too is you know that they did that kind of stuff on a, an X amount of a budget and yet those scenes were very tense and then not in a mean way to say but it's funny to think of how many Harry Potter movies we, we've seen where the battles were a lot less lackluster. It's like, oh, I shoot you and you shoot me and we deflect the powers back and forth. Whereas this one, it felt like a like a knife fight with magic. It felt like a knife fight with magic because there was a, a a bunch of very close calls. Oh yeah, they were doing cool stuff with magic, like uh, like that one guy constantly teleporting his sword back to its sheath, or uh, or the fact that that uh, uh that one black sorceress was doing like some really like cool dark magic shit, which I thought was awesome. Oh yeah, and it, it actually exhausted and killed some of the other followers. Yeah, that was great. Oh too. yeah, that oh yeah, that was cool. Uh, the thing with those little parasites that get into your ear that was fucking creepy, and I like that a lot. Oh yeah, and and yeah, this uh, this show, I mean, again, has a really great rewatch. You could rewatch this this whole season and see a bunch of stuff you did you missed. Or you realize, like, wow, I thought they built the world a little bit, but it's like, no, they did a lot. They showed us a lot of things. This may be one of the few shows that I will watch again, for sure. Uh, and, you know, one other thing I'll say about it, too, is from the, the author is from Poland. And so we all know a lot of what magic is and, what, you know, uh, what monsters are like and stuff. It's, a, it's like, take vampires, for example. Vampires are universally known throughout the world, but different cultures have a different spin on vampires. And the cool thing about The Witcher is we see things that are familiar to us, like beasts, monsters, and mages and wizards, but there's a slight like change to each of them that relates to the Polish culture, which is from what the author is pulling from, from yeah. their own work. And uh, I think that's really great. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it it this it definitely feels like its own world. But I and again, going back to what I said at the beginning, I like that they went back to the original source, which was the book, and not the game, because the, you know because the game you know got all of its shit from the you know from the book, and uh, unfortunately, when uh, when things happen where you have an adaptation of something, if this show were to adapt itself from the game. It would have been uh, it would have it would have been a lot more watered down and a lot more faded, even with the same creators, because it's being adapted from an adaption, right? Yeah. And it and it's like you know, and the copy of a copy of a copy gets more and more faded, uh, no matter how beautiful the original was. And I feel like that that could have gone the exact same way, but they went just like from the game. They were like, you know what? Uh, we're taking all of our things like the game from the source. And uh, that was a very, uh, very smart thing. And I actually got to say, even though this particular show is not based on the game, the popularity of the property uh, did come from the game. And so I could uh, uh, wholeheartedly say this is probably, and there's not a lot of competition, but this is definitely the best adaptation of something made popular by a video game. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. Uh, how often have people have tried to do the Mario Brothers or Dragon Ball Z? Or so many other characters, like, uh, you know, Resident Evil. 
We've done live actions of all of these things, and they were just beyond cheesy and terrible. And sometimes they're funny just to watch as like really bad, cheesy, terrible things. But yeah, I agree with you. This is the first time something that's both a resource from the books and from the video games that has been brought back to live action and done really well. Definitely agree. Uh, now, do you have any negatives for this show, sir? Like I said, my biggest negatives is definitely going to be the time thing. One of them is going to be the time thing of showing, you know, uh, like that, you know, not that you have to say 30 years ago, 20 years ago, um, but if they would have found a better way to do that in general, that would have been very helpful. Uh, even if we see Geralt, like if we saw Geralt maybe like writing in the journal and like in the beginning of the series, we see the journal looks fresh and new and then we see him writing in it again and it's like filled it's all dirty and old and like, oh, okay, maybe there's some time. Yeah. Or, like you said, if we would have seen some facial hair with Geralt or something to show, like a little mantra of time would have been very helpful. Uh, the other thing I will say is one of the sub-main villains um, I did feel was uh, kind of weak. And he actually, you know, he, he, he doesn't really come to play all that much in the series, in the books, or even the video game as much as well. Um, but the, the characters that are after Siri um, felt less threatening than what I think they were intended to be. And that is the characters that are part of what they call the Wild Hunt. Is that the blonde dude in all black? Yes, that, yeah. that character. Yeah. Who's like... Good, like that's really good with the crossbow and all that stuff. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he was very, he felt very one note to me. <laughs> yeah, very lackluster. That's actually how his character is in the video game and in the books as well. He's similar to Geralt in the way that he's not a big talker. He's not very, um, you know, big with words and stuff like that. But his character felt very lackluster. The only saving grace that his character had was actually the mage that was with him, the the lady. Uh, Fringilla. Oh, yeah, she, oh yeah, she was really cool. I like her. Yeah, and she is working with the Wild Hunt, and she's also part of this church they call, like, the Church of Fire, and uh, they're trying to purge what they feel like are unacceptable beings and stuff, and so it's going to be into, like, forced religion or burn at the state, and it's going to be kind of like that, uh, maybe like, oh, suddenly we don't like these type of elves anymore. Suddenly, we don't like dwarves. Suddenly, we don't like, you know, name the group. And it's like, oh, we don't like how you perform magic. And so it's a really cool group. So her character had a lot of flair. And I really liked her character. But the main guy uh, of the Wild Hunt, I would have changed his personality and made him scarier. Um, you know, I, that, that's something I would have altered his character to... To actually give his character more to do, you know. Um, so I would. My two complaints would be the time thing wasn't portrayed really well, and the main people of the Wild Hunt seemed a lot less threatening than what they're meant to be. Yeah, you know, I, I could probably agree with you on uh, on both of those things. Uh, luckily, he's kind of buried amongst a bunch of really interesting characters, so he so he he doesn't really bring it down that much for me. Even though he is uh, quite bland, he's around so much. Uh, like so many other interesting flavors that it, it didn't bother me uh, as a whole for the show. So probably the only thing that I would probably get on the show for, and it's just and it's just more of a budgetary thing, is the uh, is is the CGI sometimes. 
Like, well, I wouldn't even say the background, you know, I, I can forgive the background. It was more like, like, you know, uh, the episode where Jennifer's being chased by that assassin. He has like that, like that kind of spider thing. Yep. Uh, it, it looks cool, but it looks like, like it's not fully there. You know what I mean? And so I'd probably say with that, uh, also, uh, the way they did the CGI for the dragon that they had, I didn't, I didn't think was that good. Uh, however, they had a practical dead dragon that looked fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they did. So, with what they had, I feel like this show, starting out of the gate, I, I'm, uh, I'm a lot more forgiving because they put money into the show, but they didn't put all of their money into the show because they didn't know how it was going to play. Oh yeah, uh, I, and again, like when I'm talking about the CGI, like it's not like it's not going to have any real bearing on the on my final rating for sure. But it, you know, if we, you know, but, but if we have to talk about uh, what just didn't visually uh, sell very well, it was uh, it was it was the CGI at points for me. Yeah, definitely. Anything else you want to talk about, sir, before we give our ratings? No, I'm I'm good. I'm solid on it. All right, cool, sir. Well, then please sum up the show and give me a rating, sir. So originally for me, when I was first watching the show, like I said, I had to get rid of the backwash uh, taste of Game of Thrones. <laughs> had a really big budget, so I was more biased leaning that way when it came to how it looked and everything at first, where all the money was. And so originally my, my rating was as low as like a 7.5. And then as I thought about the show and what it did really well, it went up to an 8. And then it even floated at like an 8, 8.5. But honestly, when I really think about the show, how it feels and what they're going for and with the potential, I'm, I'm, I'm at a really high 8.5, low 9. So I'm just going to go for it and say that I would give this show a low 9 and with a lot of room and potential going forward that I think they could do really well. Oh, nice. I actually, uh, I, I feel like, like as of right now watching this watching season one one time i would give the show an 8.75 out of 10 so right under you with your low nine i feel like it'll probably get higher uh if i watch it again and see all the uh all the details and plot points that i didn't quite understand but now have uh but now see the bigger picture and see how we can all connect together so the show may go up with uh with later viewings but as of right now it is 8.75 a uh, really solid show, and uh, I'm gonna be. And, and as you already know, uh, I'll be hopping onto the game soon. Just finished up Last of Us for you, so uh, uh, The Witcher is, uh, is is next up on deck to play. So I'll, I'll definitely get the video game version of this world, and uh, hopefully fall in love with that as well, and uh, be as big a fan of it as you are, sir. <laughs> it, it is fantastic. It's one of those games that you can play multiple times. It's got very like. Besides, it's not like you're just trying to beat the game from start to finish. There are multiple endings that happen in the game for multiple characters and multiple different little storylines. Like, you could be a quarter of the way through with the game, and based on choices you've made, character friends that you're friends with could be dead, could be alive, could be married, could be doing all sorts of things based on choices you make. And, I mean, the game is fantastic for inspiration if you're like a fan of D D and you're like oh man i want to do some uh campaigns or i want to do this or that or if you're like oh i haven't played D in a while like this game will scratch your itch really well and it'll inspire you and it is both dark and beautiful and very satisfying and rewarding 
Well, I'm looking forward to playing it, sir. Well, thank you for joining us for another look. You can find our podcast on Podbean. You can message us at Facebook, and you can tweet at us at another look that is with three O's. I am Jeremy McKinley. I'm Russell Andrade. And until next time, thank you for joining us. <laughs>